With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super successful. I hope you guys are ready. So the quote that I'm going to start today's show with is, impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is not a declaration. It's a dare. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is absolutely nothing. All right. All right. So the title of today's show is nothing's impossible because actually nothing is impossible. I want to thank everyone for listening. If you ever want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If you are in the United States or want to call the United States and want to listen to any of my live shows that I do every Monday night at 9 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, you can call in to 404-793-7050, and I would love for you to join us on my live calls every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If we are not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark, M-A-R-K star S-T-A-R-R. Make sure you add me. I would love to connect with you on Facebook. We also have a Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. So for those of you that are not a part of that group yet, go ahead and send a request. Let's do a search for the Power and a Half Hour Facebook group and send a request and we will gladly add you into our group. All right. I have a daily message service called Be Better Daily. It's very simple to join. All you got to do is text BBD to 411-247 and every single day you will receive an inspirational or motivational message at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm sorry, all my California people. You guys probably get the text around five or six in the morning. All right. Well, it'll be just put your phone on mute. And uh, as soon as you wake up, you'll see that text. It'll be a great way to start your day off. All right. Uh, Last announcement before we get started with today's show. Uh, If you have not downloaded my free book yet, go ahead. And uh, it's actually not a free book. But if you have not downloaded my book yet, you can download it for free at www.repeataftermebook.com. Dot com. That's www.repeataftermebook.com. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Profile number one, Jim Koch. 
Now, Jim is the founder of Boston Beer Company, the company behind uh, Samuel Adams. That's that beer company. Now, Jim started the company 30 years ago. While working at Boston Consulting Group, Jim brewed his first batch of beer in his kitchen using an original family recipe that had been passed down to him. Now, in December 1984, Jim felt that he learned all that he could from his job and didn't want to be a consultant for the rest of his life, so he decided to leave and start his own business. Now, Jim had saved up $100,000 of his own money and raised another $140,000 from friends, relatives, and his drinking buddies, right? Now, to throw in an extra incentive, he promised everyone that loaned him money free beer for the rest of their life, right? So any of you that want to start uh, maybe some sort of a cooking business, maybe you can offer free meals or free something. I don't know. Anyway, he was able to raise the money inside of one weekend. When asked about some of his early challenges, Jim said that most entrepreneurs don't think about how much they need to know and how unprepared they're going to be going into their business. Jim had three degrees from Harvard, yet he still knew very little about the business. He said, when you start a business, you are the CEO, but not the chief executive officer, but the chief everything officer you got to know about everything when you're starting a business you're going to have to start doing things that you've never done before unlike some other businesses that had explosive growth after a big event such as being on oprah or their commercial being played during the super bowl it took jim 10 to 15 years of very slow bar by bar selling going to different bars every single day day in day out Day in, day out. A lot of people think that you're going to be in business and after three months, something miraculous is going to happen. Oprah, somebody huge is going to announce your business. And even though that happens sometimes, that's not the standard. That doesn't happen all the time. You got to work it out. You got to put the work in day in, day out, day in, day out. And that's exactly what Jim did. Now, Jim built the business from the grassroots, from the streets, by word of mouth. Now, most people want it to happen really fast, but the reality is that it's going to take time to build the business. Building a business is a marathon, not a sprint. Let me say that again. Building a business is a marathon, not a sprint. It's not going to happen overnight like that. All right. Now, you have to come to the realization that it's not going to be one magic moment where all the doors open. You have to knock on them all one door at a time. Now, the final piece of advice that Jim would like to share with up-and-coming entrepreneurs is that a small business is going to consume your life. If it's doing well, maintaining that growth will consume your life. If it's not doing well, trying to break even or become viable will consume your life. Now, my advice would be to do something you love and believe in because if you're passionate about what you're doing, especially about your product, then those long days don't seem like long days. Jim has been able to, over the past 30 years, grow Samuel Adams from a small business that he brewed his first beer out of his kitchen to an almost $3 billion business. Did you guys hear that? This guy started his first brew out of his kitchen, and he grew it over time to a $3 billion business. Now, I know some of you are listening, and you guys are wonderful cooks, right? You got grandma's recipe that you know would be amazing. Here it is. This guy, he got a family recipe on how to brew some beer. 
turned it into a $3 billion business. What could you do with grandma's cookies? What could you do with grandma's apple pie? Profile number two, James Dyson. Now, James Dyson is a British inventor and founder of the Dyson Company. He is best known as the inventor of the dual cyclone bagless vacuum cleaner. Now, in the late 1970s, James became frustrated with the performance of his Hoover vacuum cleaner, so he came up with the idea of a cyclonic separator type vacuum cleaner that would remove the dust from the air. Now, for the next five years, James did nothing but make and test prototypes. For five years, that's all this guy did was make prototypes and test prototypes. I want to say I saw something that said that he maybe did about 5,000 tests. Took him about five or 6,000 times to come up with the one that actually worked. Now, him and his wife survived off of his wife's salary as an art teacher. He was fortunate to have a very supportive wife, even though most other people thought that he was crazy. Sometimes you're going to have to make sacrifices. And I'm going to tell you, if you're married or you have a spouse, you're going to need the support of your spouse. Now, sometimes it doesn't always happen like that, but it's very good. You know, if James didn't have that support, he probably wouldn't be where he's at right now. Now, when he had the vacuum ready, he took it to makers of domestic appliances, but they didn't want it. He then licensed it to Amway in the United States, but but that deal turned into a disaster. He then decided to manufacture it himself. He then took out a loan using his house as collateral. He ended up getting his first major sale to a mail order catalog, and then he was able to get into another catalog, basically because he was in the first catalog. He then got into a few small stores. In 1995, James got his big break into the Comet stores, which is very similar to Best Buy, when the former British Foreign Secretary came to his factory and James expressed that he was having issues getting into larger retailers. Fortunately for James, Lord Howe's wife was on the board of directors and the next day, Dyson got a call from the purchasing director at Comet and within one year, Dyson vacuum cleaners were the best-selling vacuum cleaners in Great Britain. Now, the Dyson vacuum cleaner has gone on to not only become the best-selling vacuum cleaner in Britain, but also in the United States. James owns 100% of the shares of his company and has a net worth of $4.9 billion as of 2015. Another story. This guy started with nothing, right? Started with nothing. Now he's worth $4.9 billion. Now, today our topic is that nothing's impossible. And as long as you have the right mental attitude, nothing is impossible. Everything great that was once thought to be impossible was eventually brought to reality. Now, before your vision becomes a reality, people will look on you as being crazy, but you can't pay that any attention. Here's a list of other creators that were at one time looked upon as being crazy and their impossible, crazy ideas. Impossible, crazy idea number one, the horseless carriage, a.k.a. the car, the automobile. Crazy person, Henry Ford. Everybody thought he was crazy, right? Now, Henry Ford hated horses and didn't trust them as transportation. He was constantly looking for ways to get around riding a horse into town. After seeing a buggy with a steam engine propelling it, Henry then envisioned a carriage being powered by an engine. 
And as they say, the rest is history. During his time, he was, he was the richest man in the United States, probably in the world. Started a Ford Motor Company. Crazy, impossible idea number two. Running the mile in under four minutes. Crazy person, Roger Bannister. Now, Roger Bannister wanted to win a gold medal at the 1952 Olympics. After finishing in fourth place, he was upset but set a bigger goal for himself. He now wanted to become the first man to run the mile in under four minutes. Everyone thought that was humanly impossible until Roger Bannister did this in 1954. Since then, thousands of people have broken the four-minute mile barrier. You got to realize that people thought that there was no possible way that no human being could run a mile in under four minutes. And once he did it, once he proved them wrong, right, scientists, even scientists said it's not humanly possible to run a mile in under four minutes. But Roger Bannister didn't allow other people to tell him what was possible and what wasn't possible. Then now after he does it, everybody else comes back and does it again. Crazy impossible idea number three, a black president, crazy person, Barack Obama. Now, before November 2008, the closest this country has ever come to have an American, African-American president was Jesse Jackson in 1988. And if you were living during those times, you know that he did not come very close to becoming a president. Crazy impossible idea number four. Light without fire, a.k.a. the light bulb. Crazy person, Thomas Edison. Crazy impossible idea number five, the airplane. Crazy people, Wilbur and Orville Wright. Crazy impossible idea number six, man being able to go to the moon. Crazy people, John F. Kennedy, NASA, and Neil Armstrong. In 1961, John F. Kennedy addressed Congress and said, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. Eight years later, on July 20th, 1969, Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Now, how many people during that time said that there's no possible way? Even right now, people don't even think that we ever sent anybody to the moon. They think it's impossible. Even now, what's that, 40 years later? 40-something years later? 46 years later? Crazy impossible idea number seven, the personal computer. Crazy people, Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and all the other pioneers of the personal computer. Now, 60 years ago, the idea that we would need computers in our house was absolutely crazy. Now, Ken Olson of Digital Equipment Corps in 1977 said there is no reason anyone would want to have a computer in their home. Thomas Watson, one of the founders of IBM and its chairman in 1943 said that I think that there's a world market for maybe five computers. Now, this is one of the founders of IBM. He said that there's only going to be a need for five computers throughout the whole entire world. In 1949, popular mechanics said that computers in the future may weigh no more than one and a half tons. Yet, right now, we all have supercomputers inside our pockets, our Android and our iPhones. 
right? Probably stronger than any of those computers from back in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. Now, most people really misunderstand what it means for something to be impossible. Now, because of this, most people tend to impose limitations on the actions that they take in life that they shouldn't. When you limit yourself and think that something is impossible to do, you won't try to do it. This causes us to miss out on opportunities and great experiences. Everything that someone would consider to be impossible isn't actually impossible, but it just may be difficult. Now, by putting that label of being impossible on something, we give up on trying to accomplish it as we think, why are we putting effort into something that won't ever happen? Now, there are people that really see things as being impossible. To these people, something being impossible is an excuse, but a fact. But it's only a fact if you convince yourself that it's a fact. These same people feel that they will only believe it when they see it, and they don't realize that they, will, they won't actually see it until they believe it. Now, in 1981, one of the employees at Apple Computers coined the term reality distortion field as a way to describe Apple co-founder Steve Jobs' frame of mind most of the time. Now, Steve Jobs had a way of convincing himself as well as others to believe in projects and deadlines most people thought to be unrealistic or impossible. Now, because Steve had this way of thinking, he was able to create some of the most amazing devices of the last 100 years that have revolutionized the way that we live our lives. If Steve Jobs didn't have all these crazy ideas, we wouldn't have the technology that we have today. Right? When he would come up with these ideas and share them with his company, everybody thought he was crazy. So much so that they kicked him out of his own company back in 1984. Right? They thought that he was trying to come up with all these impossible ideas. They ended up having to bring him back. And he saved that company and took that company because of his direction. Apple Computers is worth over $700 billion today. They kicked this man out of his own company because they said his ideas were so crazy that they were impossible. And now Apple Computers is going to be the first company to be worth $1 trillion. Now to Steve Jobs, nothing is impossible. Now, let's look at some of the things that people say to convince themselves that something is impossible. Number one, I never get the right opportunities. Now, the reality is that access to opportunities is nearly unlimited. We are not able to connect with anyone through social media. We can create and sell our own products, develop and distribute our own applications, and find our own funding. We don't have to wait for someone else to give us an opportunity. We can give ourselves the opportunity, which is what most successful people do. They don't sit around and wait for opportunity to knock on their door. They go and beat down all these other doors until they find their opportunity. Now, the only thing that's holding us back from seizing opportunities is us and our willingness to try. Number two, someone is always holding me back. We have to always remember that we can't control other people, so we need to take responsibility for everything. Sometimes things do happen outside of our control, but usually it's our own fault that things didn't happen the way that we planned for them to. 
See, when we blame other people, when we put the blame on other people, we have to wait for them to fix the problem for the problem to be fixed. If we accept the responsibility, then we can move on. We can change the situation right now. We don't have to wait on anybody. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes it's not other people's fault, right? But we need to accept the responsibility. Because once we do that, we can change the situation right now. We don't have to wait on anyone. Number three. I just don't have enough time. Now, everyone only has 24 hours in a day. Now, the key is to decide the best way to use the 24 hours that you have. Remember, everybody only has 24 hours in a day. Now, we need to make sure that we are controlling our time as best as we can instead of our time controlling us. Whether you're talking about Bill Gates, Carlos Slim, Warren Buffett, All of these guys still only have 24 hours in a day. They have the same 24 hours that we have. It's just that they utilize their time a little bit better than us. Number four, people say there's nothing special about me. Sometimes it's easy for us to believe that successful people have the ideas, talent, drive, skills, and creativity that we don't have. But that usually isn't true. Most of the things that other successful people may have that the rest of people don't can usually be developed to be just as good, if not better. We have to also remember that although others may have skills we don't, we have skills that they don't. We should also never focus on what we don't have and primarily focus on what we do have. Now, at times we need to revert back to when we were children. Children are open to all possibilities. We all start off that way, but as we grow up, we apply different filters to our thinking as we determine what is and is not possible for us. Most times we end up removing possibilities from our decision making that ultimately restrict us from doing all that we possibly can do. That's why children think they could be astronauts. They they think they could be the president, right? In their mind, there's no limitations, They only take on limitations when they hear us talking and they take on our limitations. So let's now look at what some very wise people have said about the impossible. We would accomplish many more things if we did not think of them as impossible. That's Vince Lombardi, one of the greatest football coaches of all time. The only place where your dream becomes impossible is in your own thinking. That's televangelist Robert Schuller. The positive thinker sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. That's an anonymous quote. Every noble work is at first impossible. That's Thomas Carlyle. There is nothing impossible to him who will try. That's Alexander the Great. It always seems impossible until it's done. Let me say that one again. It always seems impossible until it's done. And that's the great Nelson Mandela. To believe a thing impossible is to make it so. That's a French proverb. The word impossible is not in my dictionary. Let me say that one again. I love that. The word impossible is not in my dictionary. That's Napoleon Bonaparte. Almost conquered the world. 
Because a thing seems difficult for you, do not think it's impossible for anyone to accomplish. That's Marcus Aurelius. What we can or cannot do, what we consider possible or impossible, is really a function of our true capability. It is more like a function of our beliefs about who we are. And that's Tony Robbins. Now, what I've come to realize is that we shouldn't ask ourselves if something is or isn't impossible, but are we willing to pay the price to make it possible? Now, in order to do the impossible, we're going to have to shift our mindset. Most physical challenges that we will encounter are 90% mental, so we can adopt the right mental mindset. We've turned the impossible to the very probable and possible. Now, here are three mental mindset shifts that will help us turn the impossible into the possible. Number one, realize that no one is any more special than you. Any sort of success that you've seen anyone else accomplish, you can accomplish the same if you're willing to pay the same price. Let me say that again. Any sort of success that you've seen anyone else accomplish, you can accomplish the same if you are willing to pay the same price. The reason why most people don't attain the level of success that they see others have, right, that they want is because they're not willing to pay the same price. There's a price to be paid for success. It's not going to come easy. It is not going to be easy. And you have to be willing to pay that price if you want the success. Number two, start thinking bigger. If you continue to think small, you will keep getting small. Now, as Albert Einstein that once said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use when we created them. Most people focus on making just enough to pay their bills, and that's why they get at the, the same amount at the end of each month. Now, you can't focus on making 1000 or $2,000 a month and use that same level of thinking to make $50,000 or $100,000 a month. You got to challenge yourself and start thinking bigger. If you want more, you got to start thinking more. Number three, realize that you can make up your mind to do anything that you want to do. Always remember, there's nothing more powerful than a made up mind. Now, once you make up your mind that you're going to do something and you have the determination that you will never quit, the impossible suddenly becomes the probable. Wow, 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 wow. If we didn't know before, we know now that nothing is impossible. That's all the time that we have for today. But trust me, we'll be back very soon again. Want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to this show or any of the previous shows, you can go to www.powerhh.com. Also, 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 the year is not done. The year is not done. We still have time left for this year. So I want everyone to set two goals that they would like to accomplish and one fear that they would like to overcome before the end of this year. And if you're listening to it, this show, anytime other than this year, it will always be this year for you. So you should always have at least two goals and a fear that you would like to overcome, right? So make sure you set two goals and one fear. Two goals you'd like to accomplish, one fear you would like to overcome, all right? Now, I know you have three friends that should have heard this show, so please share this with them, right? 
tell them to tune in to the radio at the time that you're listening to it, or they can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, all right? If you're a great friend, you'll want to share this information with your other friends because you want to see them get better as well. So the quote that I'm going to end today's show with is, never tell a young person that anything cannot be done. God may have been waiting centuries for someone ignorant enough of the impossible to do that very thing. And that's from GM Trevlin. All right. Thank you guys. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super duper successful so we can become just as they are. Are you guys ready? I hope you guys are ready. Now, the quote that I'm going to start today's show with is, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you could spend it. Once you lost it, you can never get it back. And that's Harvey McKay. All right. And the title of today's show is running out of time, running out of time. Are you always running out of time? Well, I want to thank you for listening. And I want to remind you that if you ever want to go back and re-listen to these shows, all you have to do is go to my website, www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. You can also call in to listen to my live calls every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the call-in number for that is 404-793-7050. That's 404-793-7050. I do that every Monday night from 9 to 9.30, okay? If we're not friends on Facebook, go ahead and add me. My name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M A R K. S-T-A-R-R. We also have the Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. Go ahead and uh, send me a request or send a request to join that Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. I have a daily message service called Be Better Daily. And what it does is it sends a motivational or inspirational message to you every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. To join that, all you have to do, it's absolutely free. All you have to do is text Be B-E-T-T-E-R-D-A-I-L-Y, Be Better Daily, to 411247. Once again, that's B-B-E-T-T-E-R-D-A-I-L-Y to 411247. Continue to send me your questions, comments, and suggestions to powerandahalfhour at gmail.com. And last reminder, last reminder, go ahead and 
Go to www.repeataftermebook.com. That's my new book. I'm giving it absolutely away for free. All you have to do is go to the website and sign up, and then uh, we'll email you the link to download the book. Once again, it's www.repeataftermebook.com. Repeataftermebook.com. It's absolutely free. Go ahead and download it. I promise you, you will get some serious jewels from this book. Okay, are you guys ready? All right, we're about to go in. Profile number one, Janice Bryant Howroyd. Now, Janice is the CEO of Act One Group and is the first black woman to own a billion-dollar company. Now, when I read that, it surprised me. I thought it was Oprah, but it isn't Oprah. All right? Act One Group is the second largest black-owned business in the United States, and they generate more than $2.2 billion a year. In 1978, Janice started Act One Personal Service as a single office operation that has evolved into Act One Group, which is a global operation that today employs more than 1,300 people in 240 satellite offices in the U.S. and eight other countries, offering a range of services from employee background checks to executive travel management. Now, here are a few of Janice's keys to business success. Now, as you guys listen to these, I want you to pay attention to how many we talk about every single week. Now, this lady owns a billion-dollar company, so I think it behooves us to listen to what she has to say, right? Number one, Janice says that right now is the best time to start a business because opportunities are ripe. She says, whenever you have an economic situation that is weakened a bit, whenever you find societies having challenges, you also have the opportunity to bring solutions people may not have thought about before, and you can deliver in ways that people may haven't been open to receive before, right? Anytime that there's downtimes in the economy, when everybody else is complaining about how bad things are, we are looking at, you know, we're like, hey, That means that there's some opportunities. There's some problems that need to be solved, and we're going to try to solve these problems and make us some money and change our lives. Number two, you have to ask the right questions and listen for the right answers. Number three, be where you say you're going to be and how you say you're going to be there. Essentially, she's saying is have integrity. Be a person of your word. If you say you're going to do something, do something. Because I can tell you this right now, most of the people that are going to invest, they're not going to necessarily invest in your idea. You might have a decent idea, but they're going to invest in you as the person. I don't care how great of an idea you have. If you are not a stand-up person, I personally wouldn't invest in you. And most other people that have money that do investing probably won't invest in you as well. So learn to become a stand-up person. And even if you have an average idea, people will invest in you because they know that you're going to keep going, you're going to keep going, and you're not going to quit, and you're a person of your word. Number four, communicate with clarity and make sure you have full circle communication. Remember that it's just as important to listen as it is to talk. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We need to be doing at least two times amount of listening than we do talking. Really, it's five. Number five, you have to think and act globally. 
No matter what size your business is, no matter what you manufacture, no matter what you deliver as a service or solution, there is someone else in the world that needs what you have and technology can bring you two together. Now, it's amazing to me when I see people and they think that their business, I'm here in Atlanta, and they just, all they're focused on is their street or their little neighborhood. We live in a global world, right? United States of America, it's, it, you have to even think bigger than just the United States of America. United States of America only has 300 and something million people. That's less than 5% of the world's population. That means there's 95% out there that if you're only thinking just the United States of America, there's 95% more people out there. No, not even 95. There's, what, 10 times the amount of people out there? 20 times the amount of people out there? Because if the United States is only 5% of the world population, and trust me, there's people all over the world that love our culture here, that love the culture in the United States, that there's all kinds of services and goods that we can provide to people all over the world. You never know what people are looking for. So we need to start thinking globally. All right? The second profile is Pierre Omidyar, and he's the founder of eBay. Now, in the summer of 1995, Pierre started thinking about the idea of building an online marketplace. Pierre thought that there was a real opportunity to create a marketplace that could bring the power of efficient markets to regular people. So that's exactly what he did on Labor Day in 1995. Pierre created a simple prototype on his personal webpage. He didn't get a whole bunch of servers and whatnot. He created this on his personal web page and he launched an online service called auction web which later became the auction site ebay the first item pierre sold on the site was a broken laser pointer pierre was blown away that someone would pay money for a broken laser pointer the business exploded as people began to register a wide variety of goods pierre then incorporated the business and started to collect a small fee on each sale which financed the expansion of the site The revenue that he was making soon became larger than his salary, and nine months later, he decided to leave his job and dedicate his full attention to his new business. By 1996, the site had hosted 250,000 auctions. That's less than a year after they started, right? In the first months of 1997, it hosted 2 million auctions, and by the middle of 1997, eBay was hosting 800,000 auctions a day. In 1997, Pierre changed the company's name to eBay, and he began to advertise the service aggressively. The company went public in 1998, and Pierre instantly became a billionaire. That's less than two years. And this is, what, almost 20 years ago. As of June 2015, Pierre is worth $8.6 billion. This guy just saw a need in the marketplace, right? He didn't have no whole bunch of money. He started this on his personal web page. We need to stop thinking that all these big businesses, they started off with billions of dollars because they didn't. They just started out as ideas. People saw a problem that needed to be solved. And they went ahead and solved the problem and put it out there and became a billionaire. And if they can do it, why can't any single one of us on this call do the same thing as well? Number three, Matt Maloney. He's the CEO of Grubhub. 
One late night at work, Matt Maloney sensed an opportunity. Matt and his co-worker Mike Evans were working late one night as developers for Apartments.com, and after being frustrated by the lack of dinner options as well as the pain of calling restaurants and reading their credit cards over the phone, the idea hit them to start the food delivery business. The two co-workers collected hundreds of menus around their Chicago neighborhood and started to put their business ideas together. The idea took off in Chicago, and they decided to expand their business to a second city. After experiencing repeated delays while trying to raise funding for their business, they decided to fly up to San Francisco to sign up restaurants and do guerrilla marketing. Right? They weren't going to sit around and just wait and wait and wait for the money. They took matters into their own hands. Now, they bootstrapped the business, and it paid off as restaurants were really receptive, and the orders started coming in aggressively. The people of San Francisco loved their business, and investors began to take notice, and they began to receive their first round of funding. You see, it's amazing to me that I know so many people that want to start businesses, and they're here waiting and waiting and waiting for money. It doesn't happen like that, right? Investors want to see that you can go out there and make something happen on your own. And if you can make something happen on your own, that then and only then are they willing to contribute some money in. Everybody has an idea. Everybody, I write down 10 ideas every single day. This in the last month, I have over 300 ideas that I've written down, right? Everybody has an idea. But investors want to see who's going to go in and implement their ideas. And they want to see how far you can take it on your own. That's when they'll come in and put some money behind you. Now, Grubhub has continued to grow over the years, and they are currently in 700 U.S. cities and work with over 30,000 restaurants. They fulfill over 175,000 orders per day and currently do over $1 billion in gross food sales a year. And they make 10% off of all that, that billion dollars. So right now, they're generating over $100 million a year. Just an idea, two guys working late at night, thought about, came up with about 10 years ago. Now they have a billion-dollar business. Now, before we go into our main topic for tonight, I want to share with you some research that I just came across by Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck. We have all heard the quotes, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. That's Napoleon Hill. Or the mind is everything, what you think you become. That's Buddha. Or whatever, whether you think you can or think you can't, either way you're right. That's Henry Ford. Well, a lot of people dismiss these quotes as quotes like this as just good little positive thinking quotes. But there's much more to this. Carol Dweck has found that some people have a fixed mindset and believe they cannot change their capabilities. Other people have a growth mindset. And the people with growth mindset believe that they can work towards improving themselves. And I know that everybody on this call has a growth mindset because you wouldn't be taking your time listening to this call if you didn't think that some of the information on here could help you go to another level. Right? Now, the people with growth mindset believe that they can work towards improving themselves. Carol and her colleagues studied 373 students and tracked their academic performance from the beginning of seventh grade through the end of eighth grade. What the researchers found was just that students with the growth mindset gained a higher grade point average and those with a fixed mindset, their GPAs remained the same. 
It has also been shown that before taking an IQ test, people that read an article saying that IQ is changeable instead of fixed based on genes, their IQ scores improve. This is why it's so important for us to have a growth mindset. We are only limited in life by what we feel is possible for us. All right. Now, the two things that I believe prevent people from going to the next level in life and really being effective and productive as they possibly could be is bad habits and how people utilize their time. Now, last week we talked about bad habits. This week we're going to talk about time. In life, everyone wants to earn money, become more successful, have a nicer home and car, and have no money worries. These are the rewards of life. The better your results in life, the better rewards you receive. So the key is to learn how to get more and better results. We get these better results by utilizing our time the best possible way. Everyone here on earth has the same 24 hours per day, but some people use the 24 hours in a day in a remarkable way, and they're able to get an enormous amount done. Other people go through the day and get very, very, very little done. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is the results that you get. Those are those people that sit there and say, I'm busy, I'm busy, but they never, ever get anything done, right? We know them. Sometimes we are them. I know I have been. Now, before we get into how to use your time more effectively, let's go over a few things about time. Number one, you cannot manage time. You can only manage yourself. Time management is really life management. It's really the management of the sequence of events in your life. It's the ability to choose what you do first, second, and what you do later, if at all. And in this ability to choose is your entire life. When you choose the most important thing and you choose to do that first and choose to do that rather than anything else, you immediately put your life onto the fast track. You can actually double your productivity, performance, and output in one day simply by changing your order of choices in the way you use your time. That is such an amazing concept. Just by utilizing your time the right way, choosing the right things to do, you can double the amount of productivity that you, that you put out. Now, so remember that this is life management. Everything that you do determines your success. It either moves you towards your success or it moves you away. Everything counts. That's why it's so important for us to monitor every single thing that we do. Number two, The second principle that's important is that you cannot save time. You can only spend time differently, right? Time cannot be saved because it's going to go by inevitably. Time just ticks and ticks and ticks. The only thing you can do is spend it differently, and you can spend it on higher value tasks. That is the key, spending your time on things that are are of higher value. Now, some people earn $10 an hour. And some people earn $100 an hour. So what's the difference? Everybody wants to know this, right? The difference isn't intelligence or ability or even talent. It's just simply that higher earning people spend their time on more valuable things. Now, the only way you get your time and life under control is you got to stop doing things of lower value and focus on doing only a few things of higher value. This is called creative abandonment. 
Whenever you sit down at night before you go to bed or first thing in the morning when you're creating your to-do list, you must also mentally create a not-to-do list. This is very important. Sometimes you have to look at the items on your list and say, would it matter at all if this were done in the first place? And if the answer is no, don't do it. Or at least don't do it until the things that matter are done. One of the very worst uses of time is to do something very well that needs not to be done at all. I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong. Most people just don't sit around all day and not do anything. They just sit around all day and spend their time doing the things that they probably shouldn't do, things that are not important, things that are not going to bring you closer towards accomplishing your goals. And that's where we mess up at. Now, in order to determine whether or not this is a task that should or shouldn't be done, ask yourself, what are the consequences of doing or not doing this? And if the consequences of not doing something are irrelevant, then don't do it and do the things that have serious immediate consequences. Now let's look at how successful people look at time. We know that the easiest way to success is to do what other successful people do and to think how successful people think. So we're going to take a little dip into their mind real quick. Well, the average person in our society thinks about time in terms of the amount of money that they earn in a year or a month. The top people look at time differently. They think in terms of their hourly rate. This is really, really important. So you guys pay attention. They think in terms of how much they earn each hour and they're absolutely determined to make each hour pay its maximum amount. Now, the easiest way to calculate your hourly rate is to take your annual income and divide it by 2000. This represents eight hours per day. That's which is 40 hours a week and 50 weeks for the year. So, for example, if you earn $50,000 per year, your hourly rate would be $25 because you're going to divide the $50,000 by the $2,000, right? Now, if you set a goal to earn $100,000 per year, your hourly rate would be $50. So once you've determined your hourly rate, you can make a resolution to not do anything during your workday that does not pay your desired hourly rate. Now you will think about You'll think twice about making coffee, shooting the breeze with your friends, reading the paper, browsing the Internet or calling home because it doesn't pay your desired hourly rate. Really, really important. Pay attention to this. When you focus on making every hour count, it will transform your life completely. This will also help you with your finances as well. If you look at everything that you spend money on and compare it to how many hours you need to work to obtain it, I guarantee you that you will probably make a lot fewer purchases. So that garbage that you spend $25 on and you think you got to give up an hour of your time and you can never get that hour back. That's what I tell people all the time. I'd rather somebody waste my money than my time and I really don't like anyone wasting my money. I can always get more money, but you can never buy more time. Once it's gone, it's gone. Now, always remember that your hourly rate that you make is a direct reflection of the amount of value you bring to the marketplace, regardless of whether you have a job or you're in business for yourself. If you're not happy with the amount you receive, you need to figure out how you can bring more value to the marketplace. That's the only difference between someone that makes $10 an hour and someone that makes $100,000 an hour. And please believe there are a lot of people out there that make $100,000 an hour. 
right? They make more money in an hour than most people make for the entire year. It's only because they bring a little bit more value. But we can all learn to bring that same level of value, right? It's not only just for the chosen few. They've just figured out how they can bring more value to the marketplace. They figured out a problem that they can solve. They figured out a need that they can fill. That's the only difference. So so let's now look at a few techniques that super successful people use to help utilize their time efficiently. Number one, the law of three. The law of three says that if you make a list of everything you do in the course of a week or a month and then go over that list, you will find that there are only three things that you pay that pay your desired hourly rate or more. So the first thing you need to do is make your list of everything you need to do in a week or a month and then ask yourself, if I could do only one thing on this list, which one activity contributes the greatest value towards my goal or objective? Whichever that is, put a circle around it. Then ask yourself, if I could do two things, what would the second be and put a circle around that? And repeat the process one more time. Once you've done this, you've identified your three tasks and the great secrets of success is to do fewer things, but do more important things and do more of them and do them longer and get better at them. Not to be doing a million things all the time, right? It's to figure out which are the important things, which are the things that are going to take you to the next level and just strictly do those things. Now, some of the most successful people only do two to three things. They have everything else delegated, outsourced, or eliminated, and they just focus on two or three things. Now, the second technique, right, is another system that you can use to help you better utilize your time. Number one, make a list of everything that you have to do in the course of a day. Make the list the night before. Number two, review the list utilizing the A, B, C, D, E which is the ABCDE stands for five different ways for allocating time on this list. It's the ABCDE method. All right. A. A is an activity that has serious potential consequences. It's something that you must do. If you don't do it and do it quickly, you will be in trouble. So write an A next to each of the most important or must do tasks that have dramatic consequences on your list. All right. B. Then go through and write a B for the things on your list that would be nice to do. These have mild consequences, just not as serious as the A's. A B task could be returning phone calls or answering emails. Also having lunch with a coworker, chatting with someone, or reading the paper are all nice to do, but they have little effect on your work and they're not as important as the A's. So these would all be B's, right? Or you you determine what's going to be the A's and what's going to be the B's. The key is never do a B task when you have an A task undone. Now, if you can discipline yourself to follow this one rule to never do a B task when you have an A task undone, you will double your productivity. That's absolutely amazing. You don't need more hours in the day. You just need to utilize your time a little bit better. A C task is something that would be fun to do but has no consequences. Going shopping, checking email or the internet for things for sale, reading the sports page, talking about what's on TV. These are all things that are fun to do, but they have no consequences at all. And the same rules apply. Never do a C task when you have a B task left undone and never do a B task when you have a 
left an A task undone. All right? Now, the D, the D stands for delegate. Delegate everything that you possibly can to someone else who can do it reasonably well. Don't necessarily look for someone that can do it just as good as you because it's going to be hard to find that. But find someone that can do it reasonably well. According to Peter Drucker, the biggest reason that people don't move up in their careers is that they keep going back and doing what they were doing before they got promoted because that's where they are comfortable. They fall back into the comfort zone. All right. And the E, the E is for eliminate. Eliminate everything that is not important to your life. Even if you've been doing it for a long time, even if it's fun, even if it's comfortable or enjoyable, stop doing it. Remember that the only way you get your time under control is to stop doing things of low or no value. That's why you guys will never, ever see me comment on all the stuff that people talk about on Facebook. Because guess what? It brings absolutely no value to my life. And I only talk about stuff that brings value to my life. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you. My time is up. My time is up. But I want to remind you. I want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to any of these uh, past shows, all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com, all right? I know you guys have three friends that should have heard this message today, right? We know three people that this message could help to change their lives. So share this message with three people. Tell them about this show. Okay, tell them about this show. Share with them um, that they can go to www.powerhh.com to go back and re-listen to this show. All right. And don't forget, download my new book. It's absolutely free for the time being. It's not going to be like that forever. So it's repeataftermebook.com. Once again, that's repeataftermebook.com. And the action step for this week is to make your list and use that A, B, C, D, E technique that I talked about. All right. So make sure you make your list and you use that A, B, C, D, E technique that I talked about. And the quote to close out today's show is life teaches us to make good use of time while time teaches us the value of life. Let me repeat that. Life teaches us to make good use of time while time teaches us the value of life. And I want to give you an acronym that my dad gave me for life. Living every day in focus. No, living in focus every day. I always mess this up. Life. Living in focus every day. Thank you. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour. And join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.